Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 78 of the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and today we're going to be talking with a good friend of mine, Tom Bump. You may remember Tom from episode 49 of the podcast and various other episodes over the years. Tom and I have reviewed and debriefed several conferences, including the the Orange Conference over the years uh, here on the podcast and also on his podcast, the Kids Ministry Collective. And uh, we've also blogged together at various events over the last several years. Today, we're going to be talking with Tom about how he has recently came around other people in ministry uh, in order to coach them, but also counsel them. And we're going to be talking about his recent book called Valleys Over Mountains that just launched. And I'm so excited for you to hear more about that. One of the cool things that Tom is also doing is he's doing uh, a giveaway for us here at the Student Ministry Podcast. So if you want a chance at winning one of three digital copies of Valleys Over Mountains, just head to the podcast show notes and you can learn all about how to enter that contest. Also, if you like what you hear and you've not left us a positive review on your favorite podcast app, we want to encourage you to do that. And also follow us on social media. All those links are going to be in the show notes. Before we jump into this conversation with Tom today, we want to thank our sponsor of this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. There's several options to fit everyone with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $16 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $25 a month. And do you want an affordable youth ministry video curriculum that can help you increase your online reach during this pandemic? G-Shades has you covered for $36 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. G-Shades really sets itself apart by helping students see the gospel applies to every life situation that is out there. And if you want to find out more about Mike Haynes, the founder of G-Shades, you can check out episodes 32 and 55 of the Student Ministry Podcast. So go ahead and head over to gshades.org to download Season 3 of G-Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum. And be sure to use the promo code TSMPOD for the Student Ministry Podcast at checkout to get an extra 10% off. G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G and use the promo code TSMPOD. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. You can find the link for G-Shades in the podcast show notes. Thanks so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. All right, now it's time to get into this conversation with our guest, Tom Bump. Well, hey, Tom, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me back, Steve. It's been a while, but good to good to chat with you, man. Has been. Yeah, I was uh I was thinking uh, you know, when we were talking about getting you on, I was like, when was the last time? It's it has been a while. Like COVID's thrown my whole, you know, perception of time off. But uh, but it's been at least a couple of years, hasn't it? Um, well, it might have been pre-COVID. I don't it might have been. Have, yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to go back and search your <laughs> your podcast yeah. to look. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know I was on, on your podcast uh, at one yep. point, so I might be getting yep. all that confused, but we've, we've That's known each true. other for, for a little, little bit now. Um, yep. Actually probably longer than 
I'm willing to admit, not because of <laughs> I, I look at our friendship as a bad thing, but just because I don't want to admit that I'm that old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and I'm older, so <laughs> that's probably why I don't remember as much. I don't know. Oh, but uh, well, maybe people that are brand new to our podcast or um, yeah. have forgotten since the last time you were on, um, kind of refresh us a little bit about your story. I know several yeah. things have actually happened since the last time uh, that we had talked uh, in at least a recorded conversation. So um, give us a little yeah. bit of background on your story and, and how God has, has brought you to this point where you are today. Yeah, well, um, I live in Ohio, uh, just south of Cleveland. Um, and my wife and I've been married for 34, almost 35 years. Um, got four adult kids now and uh, all doing very well. And uh, been in ministry for over 30 years, almost about the same amount of time as we've been married. I've been in full-time ministry um, in various ways, children's pastor, youth pastor, family pastor, associate, and a stint as senior pastor for a while. So um, kind of been everything, and I'm a pastor's kid. So mm. um, I, I grew up in the church and absolutely love it, even though I've seen the ugly side Um uh, I've seen the, the the best of it too, and and uh, so I started doing a, a lot of a lot more in the kid ministry realm, family ministry realm, for a long time. And so I started a a Facebook group called the Kids Ministry Collective, and have a podcast with that same name. And and I uh, it's been growing, and God's been using that in a really cool way. And then I launched a couple of years ago uh, what we called KMC Coaching, which was a leadership coaching, not just for for children's pastors, but for youth as well, but mostly is focused on children's and family uh, leaders and doing leadership structures and mindset and task management and all that kind of stuff. And uh, started doing that. Well, while I was doing that, all of a sudden I started getting a lot of people who started hearing some of my stories of, of how I had gone through some really hurtful church situations and watched some senior leaders that I was very close to get hurt. And that, you know, I was collateral damage. I watched some, some leaders go at each other and, and in major conflict and get really ugly with each other. And again, I got caught up in that uh, as collateral damage and watched, uh, you know, just some really bad stuff happen. And, and through all of that continued to try to operate at a really fast pace and a high pace and high capacity and pushed hard and, and, uh, pushed myself into burnout, um, multiple times, um, to the point where I was struggling with some depression and, and just real discouragement, um, just constantly, uh, very cynical, very angry. Um, but yet I hit it all. Um, very few people knew what was going on in my world, uh, privately because I was terrified to share it with anybody. Uh, even some of my close ministry friends, I never really shared everything with them. They heard parts and uh, sometimes they were like, get out of there, run. And I'd be like, no, God hasn't told me to leave. So I'm staying. Um, I'm going to endure this, you know, and um, which was just insane to say. Um, and there, But there's people out there that are listening that have probably said that. Um, and uh, I realized that was just not the right thing to do. But anyway, um, through all of that, uh, I felt very clear a few years ago showing me to, he wanted something new for me. And uh, when he started showing it, I started getting scared and I literally ran away, had a Jonah season for about a year and a half where I ran to a new position and thought that was going to be my dream job and found out it wasn't, <laughs> uh, it turned out to be a nightmare for me. And, and uh, 
uh, yeah, I got spit out of the fish um, and uh, let go. Uh, but yet it was, it was one of those where I was already preparing to leave and was wanting out, but I was just kept telling God, well, give me a little bit more time, a little more time to do this. A little, I, I was trying to get everything perfect. And God was like, no, I, I just want you to do this. Mm. I want you to go out and pastor pastors and shepherd shepherds. And uh, he gave me the name Restoring Leaders. Actually, it was it's a cool story that I woke up in the middle of the night with the word restoration and and restore. Um, and then a couple of weeks, I, I typed it into my phone, fell asleep, forgot about it, then was working on trying to figure out what this new ministry was going to be called instead of calling it the Herding Leaders thing, um, <laughs> which wouldn't attract anybody. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> And we were sitting out at our camper, my wife and I, and I'd given her a list of names and she just did one of those, don't get mad, you know, and you know, when your wife says that to you, you're going to get mad. (laughs) You can't help it. It's like, don't look. And you look, um, and, and, uh, she, she's like, I don't like any of this list. Mm -hmm. And that was my second list of names. Uh, and she said, I really don't like any of these. They all stink. And uh, I'm like, thanks, hon. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I was about ready to blow my fuse. And she said, but I have a, I have this word in my mind. And I'm like, I don't care if it's baloney at this point. Just give it, give it to me because I'm just desperate. I feel like I'm at a roadblock. And she said, well, I just know that when you were at your worst, when you were struggling, when you were burned out, when you were hurting, I watched God take you through a restoration process. And I kind of looked at her funny and got this little sense of chills down my spine. And she's like, I just watched God just, he restored you. He made, he remade you. And uh, you just had a new focus when God took you through that process. And, and she said, and now you go and you sit with these leaders and you come back upstairs from your office and you're just all on fire and pumped up because mm-hmm. you talk to somebody who's hurting and you've given them some hope and that, that, you know, that their story is not the end and, and that God's not done with them and all these kind of things. And she said, I just see you, you're just about restoring leaders. Mm. Dude, it was like fireworks off the angels started singing. And I'm like, seriously, that, that, that those words aren't on that paper. And she's like, no, and took me a while. And then I finally realized that to look at my phone and in the notes app, there it was. I had the words restore and restoration. And so we put it together, restoring leaders. And, and so it's a ministry that just the, the general focus is to help people live restored and lead renewed. And we do that by helping people learn to refocus and, and to renew, and then to go out with some restoration in their life. And, and, uh, it's just been a really neat thing that we're really launching full blast. Uh, we're, as we say, we, we've lit the candle, um, um, you know, when the first astronauts were getting ready to go, they were laying there on their backs and they had all that fuel laying underneath them and they just went like, light, light this candle. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing. We we're we're strapped in and we're like, <laughs> okay, God light it. Let's go. Um, we're out here to serve people. So that's what we're doing. Um, you know, uh, one-on-one coaching, some four day retreats, uh, some online, uh, courses are coming real soon for those that can't travel or that we can't get to right away. Um, and, uh, and then I just released my first book, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's so cool. And I remember, you know, us having previous conversations, you know, around all that. And I think I was, you know, I remember you kind of being in that season where like, I think this is tra- what God's 
pulling yep. me to, but I'm not really sure. And so it's really <laughs> cool now to, for me to be on the other side of it too, and, and see, yeah. you know, how God had put all those different pieces together to, to put you in this place where, where you can, yeah, help others restore. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's yeah, huge. You were one of the first that I started talking about it. I remember, I think we were at orange conference mm-hmm. and I started talking about some of this stuff to you and just saying, I don't know what God's going to do with this. I have no idea. And that mm-hmm. was, yeah, that was literally just probably before my running, yeah, <laughs> running away, or I was starting to run away <laughs> from it because it was terrifying to think about. Right. Right. Well, it's so much. And, you know, we were talking just before we started recording just about, I, I have so many especially with, through the pandemic, so many leaders who um, were probably already in rough positions just got thrown even more into those rough positions and stretched even more and, and all that stuff. And so many people are stepping out of ministry or considering stepping out of ministry. I would, I would wager to say that like probably half of the people that are listening to this podcast right now, have at least considered stepping out of ministry over the last couple of years. And so, yeah. yeah, this, this need for restoring leaders is so, so important, um, especially yeah. in our current, uh, state right now within the, the church world. Yep, it is. It's, um, you know, I've seen some different Barner research, you know, like 38% of leaders have considered quitting, you know, and I think that was more of a senior leader focus. Mm. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm like, it's gotta be higher in the the student ministry and children's ministry worlds. And I'm actually doing a survey right now while we're recording this in, in a Facebook group that's focused on children's ministry leaders. And 80% of the leaders describe themselves as being worn out and close to burnout. Mm. Um, they're, they're 78%, I think was the number of the leaders that responded have said they're feeling completely overwhelmed. Mm. Uh, and then there's about 15 to 20% that literally are saying, I'm ready to quit right now. Mm. Um, and now, now you say, well, 15 to 20, that's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, that is, um, mm-hmm. one is a big deal to me. And, uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot. And then there's the, the thing is, is that where do people like us have to turn to? Mm. Um, and that's part of why I started restoring leaders is because I looked for places to go. And now Todd Perridge has a fantastic ministry with the, the, the youth ministry Oasis student ministry Oasis. I'm sorry, Todd, I'm messing your name up, but, um, it's fantastic. He does a retreat out on the East coast and he's, he's available to talk to. And so if there's people out there that, that can't talk to me, go reach out to him because he's there. Um, and he has that same heart of, of pastoring pastors and shepherding shepherds like I do. Um, and so it's nice to partner with people like him, but there's not many others out there that I know of that aren't going to cost you thousands of dollars to listen to you. And I literally go on a donation basis, um, that if you can afford to donate for our coaching journeys, that's fine. If you can't, that's fine too. Um, it's the worst business model in the world, (laughs) I don't care because it's, you know, I guess it's because of I don't care because God has given it to me mm-hmm. and, and uh, has told me that this is how I'm supposed to do it. So I'm just doing it. Yeah. Um, and so for anybody that reaches out through restoring leaders, um, you know, and especially if you're, if you're in between a position, we definitely tell you don't even bother to, to, to donate because we just want to be here for you. We don't want anything from you at this point. Let's get you on the other side of this Valley. And then we'll, we'll, you know, if you feel led to give, then pay it, pay it forward to somebody else. 
um, because we just got to help each other. We've got to be that community that sticks up for each other and, 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 and provides that safe place. Cause I just, I didn't have it. I looked around and then I finally found a counselor in another town when I was going through my worst stuff who I knew nobody knew about. And that's where I first started reaching out to get some help because I was just in a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, Todd was on on this podcast uh, not too long ago, like maybe four or five episodes ago. I'm I'm okay. forgetting the cool. exact uh, number off the top of my head, but you guys can check back in our archives, and you'll uh, yeah. get to hear uh, Todd and and his passions and where where God has brought him along his story as well. So yeah, yeah check out Todd, check out Tom. Either of them uh, would be great uh, assets um, if you're you find yourself in this kind of a of a season um, yep. where you're really needing that. Um, as you talk about in your book we're going to talk about in just a second. Um, don't be afraid uh, of reaching out and getting yes. that help. Oh, um, if you find yourself yeah. in that position, make sure you do reach out. So let's yep. talk about this book for a little bit. Um, yeah. Is this your first book? It is. It is wow. my very first. I mean, I even got it in my hand. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, I never in a million years, man, would have said I was going to write a book. Um, I'm a talker. I've got the gift of gab. It's it's the extra spiritual gift. It's the little asterisk in the Greek, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but but I literally I I talk. I I'm a speaker. Uh, I never thought about writing, but then as again people started hearing some of my story and hearing some of the principles I was teaching, and then I did a podcast where I talked about this idea of valleys are better than mountaintops sometimes. Yet we look at valley seasons as like we're being punished. Um, like, oh, this is miserable. And I'm like, honestly, I find such great beauty in the valley. And there's such an amazement, uh, amazing time to be with the father in the valley that, that, uh, and there's a whole new perspective on life and ministry when, it, mm. when you're in the valley. So that's why I started, I wrote, uh, that's how the title became uh, what it was, was because I made that comment in the podcast and it was such a, it got such a, re, a resounding, uh, feedback of, and I can resonate with this, um, that somebody said, you need to write, you need to write <laughs> this down. And so I literally took the, the, the podcast and transcribed it nice. and that became the outline for the book. Okay. <laughs> so it's not the typical way you write a book from everything that I've been taught and told. Uh, but I literally just took the questions that they asked me and started building chapters off of mm. it. And it's not a big book. It's 116 pages and it's, it's designed to really be a guide. Um, that's yeah. why the subtitle is guide through the hard seasons. Mm -hmm. Wanted yeah. people to realize this is just something simple, but it's not something to meant to be sped, you know, speed read it either. Mm -hmm. You know, you, 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 there's sections called pause by the stream that are intentional about, I want you to slow down and I want you to do some heart work on this. Um, mm -hmm. because I want you to be in a healthy place. So, yeah. uh, yeah, Absolutely. that's where it came from. So yeah, this is book one, cool. book two is on it already. Ooh. I, I, I was actually writing it first and then stopped and haven't touched it um, <laughs> because I wanted to focus on this one because God just kind of raised and it, it fits perfectly with restoring leaders. Nice. So it just kind of, yeah, God knows. Yep, I, I, absolutely. He's way smarter than I am. I just <laughs> shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how you mentioned that it is a, it's a shorter book. And I think, um, I think that's good for a number of reasons. I mean, one, because a lot of us are busy and trying to find time to actually, yep. you know, read a, a lengthy book is, is difficult sometimes. But I think, I think you don't, as I was reading through it, I have really appreciated how you don't belabor a lot of this stuff. It's like, you know, you say what needs to be said and like you, you say it enough 
to like get in our heads and we know what we need to think about and Good. we can move on. Um, and I love those, Good. those pausing by the stream questions at the end as well. And I, I almost kind of think it read more like a devotional or almost like, like a guided retreat. Like I, I could almost see yeah. myself taking this book and taking a three or four day retreat myself and just, you know, read a chapter, spend an hour yeah. or so thinking about those questions pause for a little bit, then do it, do the same again, um, throughout yeah. the whole time. And it was almost like, yeah, you were, you were guiding me through kind of a retreat kind of <laughs> moment and that. And so that was, that was really cool. Was that, it was anything like that in your, your frame of reference when you were trying to put this together, or is that just something I picked I, up on? I tell you, you know, the way you made that sound, I'm like, man, yes, I should take full credit for that. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, truth be told, I mean, uh, that, at the end, yes, that was my heart's desire. When I was writing it, that I didn't have a clue that I was thinking that far ahead. Um, but uh, yeah, as I got through it, that was some of the feedback as I started letting people preview uh, was the fact that, man, you know, and in fact, several of the people that came on our first beta test retreat got to read the book, um, not on the retreat. I didn't have it finished at that point. I was too scared to let them see it. Uh, <laughs> But afterwards, they were all like, man, we you need to hand this. So everybody that comes to a retreat now is going to get a copy uh, if they don't have one already. And if they do, they get an extra just so they can hand it to somebody else they know. Mm. But yeah, we I, I kind of feel blessed that that's how God orchestrated it all, um, that that I was able to do something like this and, and allow people to have that. Because I can't get to everybody and I can't set up a retreat in every part of the country. And mm. So if this is a way that helps somebody... Um, either prevent burnout. Cause I mean, that's the other thing I watched. I watched my 84 year old dad read this over new year's sitting next to me on the couch. Um, he would read a section and stop for a while and then he'd read some more. And he, I kept watching him bend pages over and, and then little by little, he'd start talking about it. And he's like, you know, this is something that I could honestly look back and go, I wish somebody had walked this mm. with me when I was going through the hard stuff. Mm. And he also had a lot of tears in his eyes at times going, I had no idea that you were that dark and that deep um, in the valley. Um, but yet to see how you've come through it and to hear those stories of this is what I've learned and this is how I've grown from it. He said, explains the man you are today. And why, which oh, I'm going to, yeah, too emotional if I talk about that too long, but uh, <laughs> that yeah. there is enough of, of reason to write it. Wow, to have that yeah. kind of a moment. Wow. Yeah, and but I've had other leaders that have have read it and and said, yeah, you, it feels like you're mm. talking to me mm. and walking with me on the trail. And I said, that's the feel I wanted. Yeah. I, I because so many the enemy does a fantastic job of isolating us when we're feeling this stuff. Like I said, I had somebody say, well, why didn't you tell somebody? because I was terrified. Um, I was a leader. I was supposed to have it all together. I was spiritually supposed to be strong. And, and what are they going to think if they, if they realize I'm worried about personal rock slides in my life, or I'm, I'm worried about uh, being that vulnerable. Um, I couldn't, I really, you know, even my closest ministry friends had no clue of some of the stuff that I, I was feeling and struggling with. Um, and the enemy was doing a great job of telling me that I couldn't share it and that, that I was, it was too risky. Um, I mean, that's, I almost didn't put the book out because I was terrified, literally terrified that people would read this and go, wow, 
he's a mess. He <laughs> what's he doing trying to help people? Um, well, that's because you know there's still things I I've got to learn, and and that's all. I just I just wanted to share a little bit of each part and and how I've grown from it, and and hope that it helps people. And so far, I've been getting. I've had a lot of, I've been blessed to hear some good feedback from people that, so I wish I could nice. say that was truly intentional, that it was set up <laughs> that way, but it, it definitely, yeah, God worked it out yeah. that way. So yeah. I'm going to give well, him all it, the credit for it. I think it flows from your heart and your desire to, to really walk beside those leaders, I think for sure. Um, so, so living in Colorado now, um, and before this was New Hampshire, I personally know what it's like to be in the valley and look at the mountains and wish <laughs> that I was there instead. That is a very yes. real thing that I do like every day. Our, <laughs> our church sits with an amazing view of the Rocky Mountains, and I wish mm-hmm. I was up there instead of down in the valley. Uh, yes. So with the whole mountaintop valley experience, like that illustration, I give that to our students. Like every time we come for down from a, a camp and we're like, you're on the mountaintop now, we got to go down, back down to the valley. So yeah. I'd love to hear like your, your thoughts behind a little bit more of the, the overall book, like the premise behind, yeah. like what, what are you hoping that leaders do get out of this, um, especially yeah. around the valley and mountain imagery? Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping is, is that we can get rid of the the negative imagery of, of the Valley. Um, on the back cover is a picture um, of one of the last times I was actually in Yosemite. Um, I've been out there five times on spiritual retreats uh, for a week and God honestly used that to put me back in the right place um, to give me a vision for restoring leaders and and, and literally just, I mean, I saved, I mean, he saved my life out there. I was, I was just at such a terrible place and I was ready just to give up on everything. I wasn't suicidal. I just was ready to give up on everything. Um, I was ready to walk away from everything and everyone. I just, I'd had enough. And, and, uh, but it was in the Valley where I started to get a whole new perspective. And so the, the, for me, to save valleys or over mountains is that when you're up on the mountain, a lot of times it's easy to fall into cruise control. It's, it's easy to just get staring at the other mountains and only see one perspective all of the time. And I really think that when we, when we allow God to lead us into the valleys or sometimes put us in the valley, um, it get, it changes focus. It changes perspective. It allows us to experience him in a different way. Um, it allows us to experience life and leadership in a different per- way. And there's oftentimes we sit there and we, yeah, we're like, God, get me out of the valley. Get me out of the valley. I said that several times. And God was like, no, just you need to walk here for a season. The cool part is, is as you look at scripture, every time God brings the leader into the valley, or allows them to go through a valley season, there's this, there's this intimacy that they get with, with God. Unlike up on the mountains, um, it's, it's totally different. And every time that you're in the valley, it's also, it's also can be viewed as a time of preparation and for something, something greater. Um, you know, all of us are always saying we want more, we want to do more for the kingdom. Well, if you always stay up on the mountain, all you're ever going to have is that mountaintop perspective. And when you look into the valleys, you can't see everything that's down there. All you're going to see is the snow caps and, and you're going to see the peaks, 
And those look beautiful, but you have to journey down in. And when you get down in there, you realize the valleys aren't always flat. There's lots of curves. There's little hills. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, but there's unique things that grow in the valley. Um, there's a picture in the book of a, a rock that has a tree growing out of it. Well, you don't see that up on the mountaintop. And there, there's just, so there's going to be ministry experiences and ministry things that happen um, that are unique only to the valley. And so I want to get rid of the stigmatism that being in a valley and is a bad thing. Um, you know, sometimes we think, well, it's only when you're going to lose your job or those, that that's the valley season. No, there's, there's times where I would, things were going great. And then all of a sudden I realized God's got me here in this valley, not on the mountain going good because he's got something even greater for me to do. And he's calling me to something. And, and so the, the premise of the book is to say, Hey, look, when you're in the Valley, learn to embrace it, learn to, to, to stay there until God calls you up, um, is, which is one of the chapters later on, he'll call you back because it, we're not designed to stay in the Valley forever. Um, you know, Moses didn't stay in the Valley forever. He, he was there for a season and then God gave him that burning bush moment and he went up to it. And God spoke to him and said, I've got a greater commission for you. Boom, go. Now, on the other hand, Elijah was up on the mountain, has this killer moment, literally with 450 prophets. And then Jezebel says, I'm going to get you my pretty and, you know, and your servants too. And I'm going to take you out. And he runs down off the mountain into the valley and is so low that he falls under the, the, the broom tree and says, just kill me, God, just take me. I'm, I'm the only one left. So you might as well just wipe me out and take me before Jezebel gets me. And God's like, are you kidding? I've got people hiding all over the place and you're good and just get up. I'm going to take care of you. He feeds him. He lets him rest. He, you know, he recuperates. And then he says, I want you to walk a little further in this valley. And, and then he takes them into something amazing. And then boom, uh, more stuff happens. Uh, amazing miracles. Um, so I think this, this whole book is to recast the, the valley experience to say, look, you may find yourself in a valley, but if you come in with the right heart attitude and the right perspective, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Mm. There's, there's beauty there. Um, yes, there's challenges, but there's challenges up on the mountains. Cause if you go from one mountain to the other, it's not always easy. <laughs> there's a grind there. There's, you know, you got to take some switchbacks. Or you're going to kill yourself. I tried that once uh, in Yosemite. I thought, this, these switchbacks are stupid. I'm just going to go straight up. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a wide body. And I thought my heart was going to explode out of my chest. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to die. This, what am I thinking? I, now I know what these switchbacks are. Right. They're to allow you to rest. Right. And to yeah. So up on the mountains, you're going to have those kind of challenges and, and those hard seasons where you're running hard and you're pushing hard and you got, but then when you come back down into the valley, you can rest. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's where I'm trying to go with the book is just to help people realize, you know, mountaintop experiences are fantastic and they have their place, but the valley does too. And it's a bad thing. Um, yeah. It can be a very powerful, life-changing, life-saving kind of thing. That's cool. That's uh, it's funny you mentioned the switchbacks because um, it's one of the things. There's there's several parts as I was reading through that I could definitely relate with. Um, and and a lot of the just the the image like one of the things I, I love doing is hiking and getting out in nature. And so, 
yeah, there's a lot of times that that imagery just totally resonated with me. And I remember <laughs> reading, you know, about the switchbacks and I've had a similar experience. I was with some of my students one time in my last ministry. And instead of, you know, taking the switchbacks, we decided to just go straight up the mountain. <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, it, it's faster that way. Yeah, right? sure. It's faster. It looks, I, it's, fast. it looks know, closest, faster. quickest point you know, between two, two parts is right. a straight line. So yes. yeah, we, we went up and we were just drenched in sweat and, and we were actually at a, at a music festival at the time. And there was someone <laughs> at the top we were wanting to go see, but by the time we got there, we didn't actually even enjoy the concert because we were just so tired from yeah. the journey up there yep. and instead of taking our time and, and resting in between. Um, so I think that, that really resonated with me. And later on in the book, you talk about how, um, and this, I think kind of connects with a lot of times we do, we focus on the, the destination more than yes. the journey itself. Right. Um, right. so talk to us a little bit about that, just because that was something that re really resonated with me. And it's like, I think with the switchbacks, like I, I went straight for the top because I want to get there as fast as I can. I want to be productive. I want to, I want to yeah. get to the end result as quick as I can, instead of enjoying that journey and taking those breaks along the way. Yeah. Well, I think in ministry we get so focused on the tasks, mm. the, the events, the schedules that we forget what's going on in the middle of all of that. And, and instead of enjoying it and, and, and growing from it and, and seeing God's hand in and through it, we, we just have to grind and grind and grind. And, and so we miss the beauty of, and, we, and when the event happens, we miss the amazement and the wonder of it all and watching God work because we're so focused on just getting it over. And, and I think the illustration of, yeah, of, of, of talking about this kind of idea in the book is to say, look, when you're in the Valley, it's not about getting through the other side of the Valley. It's about learning and seeing all of the things along the way. Like I said, the, the rock, the, the, the tree growing from the rock, um, when I saw that, I literally stood there looking at that before I even took the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I stood there just in amazement. Like, how did this tree start growing out of a rock? I mean, it's a boulder and this little pine tree is growing up out of it. And I'm <laughs> like, that shouldn't be happening. But yet that's, that's the amazing thing about our God and what he does in the valley. He recreates and he restores. And, and that's part of it. When we slow down, we start to see the things he's recreating in us and wanting to do in us. And if we're too busy rushing through and, and it, we don't take the time to slow down and, and walk, you know, one of the lessons I see in scripture is that Jesus walked everywhere he went. We just don't do that in our society. We're an instant Instapot microwave kind of generation mm -hmm. of people. And, and that's the way we lead our churches is everything's got to yeah. be instant. And yet we should be leading people to walk like Jesus. Right. And if Jesus walked to where he went, it wasn't always about the destination. I mean, think about it. When Lazarus was sick, he didn't run, you know, he needed to get to the destination, but he walked, he took his time. Why? Because there was a greater good there. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we miss is that when we get into these seasons, we just like, you know, when you get let go from a position uh, or you leave a church, you want to rush into that next one. And yet, if you don't take time to process mm -hmm. and, and understand 
what went well, what didn't go so well. Are there hurts that are in your life? Um, you know, when I got wounded in, in a couple churches, I, I just was, you know, I, I, I got, I, I left the job. I resigned and I'm like, I'm out of here. And, you know, and, and I, I took on another little job temporarily while I was pumping out resumes everywhere. And I was in that Valley and I was just trying to get my way through it because I just wanted to get onto the next assignment. And I got the next assignment only to find that I was operating at a very limited capacity. Mm. I was holding back. And I, it didn't hit me until one day a volunteer me in the eye and said, how long are you going to punish us for what the last church did to you? Mm. Whew. <laughs> uh, that was, that was a dagger to the heart, but it was mm. truth that I had been, I had been holding back. I had been operating in a different, I mean, they could tell I wasn't being fully authentic with where they were. And that was again, because I didn't take time in the Valley. I just pushed my way through and it really hindered my ministry uh, while I was there. I had to learn. I, I mean, I had to take some time back um, and get do some heart work and some hard work in my own life. And so I, I look at it as saying, hey, look, if you're going through this, don't rush it. Embrace it. Slow down. Walk in the valley. And it may feel like, oh, this is never going to end. And there were times when I was hiking in Yosemite. I'm like, where is this valley going to end? Where's this this trail. I just want to get to the, the beauty of the waterfall. And, and I missed all the beauty all along the way. Mm. I missed seeing things along the way. Um, and so I finally learned to slow down and, and just take it all in, look around and realize that, yeah, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey in, mm. in there. And when I did that, I saw God do amazing things where he brought healing to my life he brought uh, a, a new way of seeing things, a new pace that I call a godly sustainable pace mm. where I know, know where if I have to push through for a season, I can do it. But on the other side of that, I'm going to take some rest mm. and I'm going to, I'm going to take a nap like Jesus did because mm. Jesus took naps. We should do. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're not better than him. So we better take one. Right. Um, but you know, uh, in all seriousness, I think, I think we, we've got to learn to just, we got to walk a little bit more sometimes mm. as yeah. leaders because people are watching us. Our students mm. are watching us. Families are watching us. And we've not done so well in the church about helping people learn to walk at a godly sustainable pace mm. in their own world. And so then no wonder we're struggling to get volunteers. No wonder we're struggling to get people to serve because we're exhausting them. And they're already exhausted from the pace they're running outside of the church. Right. So if we want to, if we want to get off this hamster wheel of intense pace, why not as a church say, we're going to slow it down mm -hmm. and we're going to be really intentional and very careful about if we start something, what's it going to cost us? What's it going to cost people? What's it going to, you know, because if we don't count that, we're going to wind up burning and throwing people into a darker valley instead of a beautiful valley because of, of our leadership. And we're accountable for that. So I want to be careful. And so I think I've learned over the years that, that uh, taking switchbacks is a smart thing. Um, even though it doesn't feel like it's the most direct path, it's yeah. the best path so that you don't have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> and, and that you can enjoy a concert on the other side. Right. And, and when you're walking in the valley season, knowing that there's going to be some ups and downs and some curves, just enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and be, we always, I always taught my teams be flexible with joy. 
it's amazing how when you change that attitude and and it it, it it's it's beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah i know you you also talk about priorities um later on in the book um which again connected there's so many things in in your book that like just <laughs> like connect back to something you previously said and all that stuff so i was immediately starting to make all these connections but you talk early about like one of the first steps that you recommend people do is reconnect with god's word and reconnect yeah. with your own relationship with god um and and then later you know you ask are your priorities right like, I think that's huge to, to really evaluate when you're in that Valley season. Talk to us a little bit more about the, the importance of, of priorities. Well, I, because if, if you don't, what I call, if you don't have a to don't list and mm. all you have is a to do list, you're heading for trouble. Mm. Um, and, and I've had people say, well, I don't have a, I don't have a priorities problem. I, you know, it's God, it's family, it's the church. Yeah. Show me your calendar. I'll tell you if it's true or not, or I'm going to go ask your wife and your kids or your husband and your kids. Is that, that match up? Do you feel like you're ahead of the church? Um, do you, do you feel like um, this person is totally in love with God more than he loves you or she loves you? Because if we don't have the priorities straight, then, then the other boundaries that we do say we're going to draw like not cheating your day off or cheating your vacation, um, they're going to fall by the wayside too. I can guarantee you, you're going to continue to pile up and pile up and pile up more stuff, more stuff, more programs, more programs, more obligations. Um, and, and then you're going to end up wearing the, I burned out badge. And I'm, I'm sick of those things. I'm tired mm -hmm. of going to conferences and hearing people brag about how tired and worn out <laughs> they are. I'm like, yeah. let's get rid of that. Mm. Let's stop talking about it. Um, I've been forcing myself. I mean, even though if I've been pushing hard and somebody asks me, how are you doing? I'm going to, I'm going to tell them I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. And not, that's not a lot because mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm in the best place I've ever been. Um, I, I'm in not in the best physical shape as I, I'm working on that part. I'll <laughs> get there. Uh, but I'm getting all these other things in a row because I finally figured out that my priority is to stay in ministry for as long as I can. Mm. And the only way I'm going to do that is to make sure that I connect in a relational way with my father. And so one of the things we focus on in retreats is to say, look, you're fired for these next four days. You're fired from every earthly obligation you have. You're literally like George Bailey. You don't exist to the outside world. So shut off everything that you can. The only person you should talk to is your significant other. And, and really even limit that because you want to stay focused for these few days. So give yourself that gift and don't cheat it um, because you'll regret it if you do. But we tell people, look, this is a time to meet with dad and just sit at his feet. And just if you got to rest with him, then you fall, uh, fall at his feet, sit on his lap and take a nap. That's okay. Um, if you want to sit and talk to him or just do what I do, shut up and listen and let him talk, which I'd rather let him do, uh, then you do. That. And I think that's a priority. And so I think if you, you know, if there's nothing else that you can get out of this conversation is schedule some time to just shut up and listen. Even if that's 15 minutes in your car before you walk into the building or walk into your home, sit there in the car 
I know it'll look crazy. Don't have any music playing. Just sit there and be silent. Be solid. Have some solitude. Um, the world is so loud and so noisy, and we always have stuff talking at us that I found that I can, and I, because I, I don't like silence. I don't like solitude. I, I'm one of those I talk about in the book. It terrified me to go do a solitude walk in Yosemite. I'm like, a bear is going to see me and go, buffet. Um, and I just didn't want to have somebody have to call my wife and say that he got eaten because he couldn't run fast enough to you know, outrun a bear um, or outrun anybody that was in our group. Right. Um, you, you have to be the fastest, just not the slowest. <laughs> yes, just not the slowest. And I was always the slowest. I'm not built for speed. Um, but anyway, I just I, I I was terrified of sitting there quiet. And, and finally, I've learned to do these shut up and listen days, as I call them, where I just sit before the Lord and I just have my journal and my Bible and I don't have any music. I, I turn off the, I literally turn my phone off, um, even for an hour, just shut it all off and just sit. And that's where I've had the best uh, thoughts, dreams, ideas, um, things that I, I've just written down that make no sense, but I write it down. <laughs> And then I come back to it later and I'm like, oh, hey, that's a great idea. Now I know why I thought of that. Well, that's because God told it to me and I just wasn't paying attention at the time. Um, but I do these shut up and listen things. And I think that's from the priority of, I, and I'm also, I'm reading scripture relationally now. Mm. Um, I'm reading it as a letter from my dad to me. And so I've, I've, I try to pick up different versions um, and it's been super, super powerful. In fact, in the in the beginning of the book, um, my pastor actually shared one Sunday, um, Matthew 6, 6 from the message. And I, I want to read this to people because I think this, this I put this in the book. We use this on the retreat as well because it says this. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just sit there and be as simply and as honestly as you can manage. <laughs> the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. Mm -hmm. And when you read that from dad, you're like, okay, son, here's what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. I want you to find a quiet place. So you're not going to be tempted to role play in front of me. <laughs> Just, I want you to sit there and I want you to be as honest as you can manage with me, however much that is. And I want you to focus I want that focus to shift from all that you're carrying to me. Let me have it. And you'll begin to sense my grace. Now that's a bump paraphrase even on the message. <laughs> but, but if you get the idea that, you know, mm -hmm. when you get that priority to say, that's how I want to be with my father. Mm -hmm. That's how I want to be with God. It revolutionizes yeah. um, everything. Yeah. And, and again, that's where all of a sudden the fragrance the beauty, the color, <laughs> the light comes out of the valley. Like you'll never, ever see it way up on top of the mountain. Mm. You know, yeah. you'll never see that detail at 3000 feet. But when you walk down there, whew, wow. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely resting, slowing down and resting and just taking it in just being is is something that I've realized that I really struggle with as well. And it yep. it's definitely taken some discipline that I am very much still working on. Uh and I, I remember I'm still there. 
It was actually coincidentally at the very beginning of the pandemic that I had talked to several people. And I'm pretty sure you were one of them uh, that God had put me in touch with a bunch of different people that kept recommending that I need to take some time and just be alone with God. And mm -hmm. so I, I, it really was like the first day of March or like the, when the pandemic all started in March and, um, and I was gone. I was, I was up in the mountains. I would, up, I was up in Estes park just at a personal retreat and, uh, outside of any sort of cell phone signal, totally cut <laughs> off. And, uh, um, funny enough that, you know, I come back from that and the world is falling apart. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, total coincidence had nothing to do with me stepping away. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was a real struggle in the beginning to yeah. just be with God because yep. I wanted stimulus. I wanted stuff going yep. and going and going and just to sit there and go, all right, God, uh, we've got 72 hours here and I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. And that was, that was weird for me as, you know, someone mm -hmm. that's walked with Jesus, the vast majority of my life has been right. in ministry for almost 20 years now. And, and I didn't know how to just be with my savior. Yeah. Like, to, and so it was like, okay, I need to start working on this. Um, yep. And I think I, I, unfortunately, it sounds like I'm not alone in that. You're, you're not. Not at all. I mean, I've been there. I share that experience, uh, can totally relate to it. And, and so can people that have come on the, the retreats. So people, the people, some of the, the people that I go through on the guided courses that we've been doing, um, you know, because we couldn't do a retreat because of the pandemic. So I, I did it in four week increments. We're going to do another one here real soon where you do once a week and we kind of teach some of this stuff. And, and then you've got a week to kind of work on it and, and process. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that more people will start to think about this part, because if you're exhausted right now, if you're running thin, this could be the game changer. Just this one little habit, one little discipline, and we all resist that word discipline, but mm -hmm. uh, habit. So habit, goal, practice, whatever you want to phrase it as just start doing this, mm. just, just find a different version. Um, and, and take a journal and I'm not a, like, again, I'm not a writer. So my, my journals are hilarious because it, there'll be a season where I'm writing a bunch and then there's gaps mm. like months. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm journaling again. Mm. So I'm consistent in my journal, but I, I'm being consistent about what I've, when I'm reading or if I'm, if I'm using my Bible app and having it read to me, that's, that's dad talking. And, and that mindset, um, was, has been very powerful. I'll, let me, let me tell you one real quick, more quick story. When we were doing this beta to retreat, I was looking for, a a, a trail to go hike on. Cause there's a talk that I do called what's in your pack. Um, and it's the whole idea of what do we carry with us? And it's on a day where we focus on releasing um, the things that we've added to the pack that God has never intended us mm. to carry. And I was searching for a trail and we, I, we were in a location that I didn't know. Um, there were like a hundred trails in the area. It was crazy how many trails were there. I had this map that just had lists of, of places. And we had been challenged earlier by my mentor earlier in the week on our, our first day about spending this time with the, with dad. And, and it was so cool because I hadn't told him anything to say to the guys that were coming. I just said, share what God puts on your heart. He does this whole focus on man, 
I hope that this week will do one thing for you, and that's you'll discover your heavenly father as as more of your father or dad. And and then all of a sudden I'm looking through this list and there is a trail and it's named Daddy's Creek. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're going to Daddy's Creek and we're gonna go and the guy's all about flipped out when I, and they're like, you are, you planned that. I'm like, dude, seriously, I'm this morning, I'm sitting here eating my breakfast, praying over this list. Cause I'm have no clue where to take you. Yeah. And then God shows up, you know, it's kind of like the book of, you know, like you said, I had no orchestration of it. God just did it. And that day spun some guys around where guys who'd been carrying some heavy loads mm. for years, let go of stuff and released it. And literally, took some stuff and just threw it in daddy's Creek and let it float away and go, mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm not carrying this anymore. I want to experience you in this whole new way. And so, yeah, it's, you're, you're not alone. I'm not alone. I know listeners out there are going, yeah, I, I get it. That's, that's what we want. We want you to go feel that way because the enemy doesn't want you to go. Anybody understands or you're all alone. You, nobody gets you. Yeah, they do. Yeah, we do. Yep. Um, um, I'm just thankful that, that even as messed up as I am, God chooses to continue to use me and let me walk with people. And, uh, um, you know, I am what I am. I'm not, I'm not a polished and my website's not the best looking, although it's getting better and I'm, I'm not always eloquent like I want to be, but, and I don't have all the pithy sayings, but I'm, I'm just here to help people and, and just help point them in the right direction and say, Hey, I get you. Um, I feel that pain. I can relate to it. I can empathize with it. And yeah, I could probably tell you another story that would make your skin crawl, but mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't even need to do that. Cause I know that dad's got this and he's mm -hmm. going to help you. You can move from what one leader described as an eternal winter. When I first met him, um, to where they said spring's finally coming. And, uh, man, when I hear stuff like that, that just, yeah. that keeps me, that fuels me. Um, so that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, Tom, you've, you've shared a ton of encouragement already, hopefully, uh, to, to our listeners today, any, any last minute things, uh, you know, you, get, you have a, an audience of, of youth workers here, um, okay. that's, uh, that are ready and maybe some of them been like just eating it up so far. Um, what is, what is some last minute encouragement that you'd like to offer to them today? Well, again, don't go it alone. Um, reach out to somebody, you know, message Steve, message Todd, message me, you know, come to restoringleaders.org. You can schedule a call and we can sit and talk and you can vent. I have people that call me and just are like, Hey, I just need to vent for a little bit. And I'm like, do you want any perspective? You want any coaching kind of stuff? No, I just want to vent. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to grunt. So, you know, I'm here with you talk <laughs> yeah. away. And when you're done, hang up. And I literally have people that do that with me and I don't care. Um, like I said, I, that's, if that's what I can help you with, uh, and be that pressure release, then, then do that. But I just want leaders to know there's hope. Um, don't give up your calling. Um, I know life can be hard and I know life can feel hopeless, but there is beauty down here. And in, in spite of all that, and what I want to help you do, and I know others want to help you do is take that open wound and, and let it heal and become a scar Scars aren't bad. They just remind us of where we've been and give us wisdom to move forward. Um, Jesus has his scars too. And, and they're to remind us of what he did for us. So your, your scars can be testimonies to other people of how you've had received God's grace, how you've given forgiveness 
um, how you've been, you know, you've offered forgiveness and those kind of things. And, and so even when things look dark, um, there is hope. And, and I just want you to know there's a resource out there. And so I'm here for you. I don't want anything from you. I just want to be here for you. Um, so if I can't help, I know I'll find somebody who can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, and I don't care whether anybody buys the book or not. If, if I can help you, um, reach out. That's what I'm here for. Awesome. So what are the, what's the best place for people to connect with you and reach out? Yeah. Um, well, you can go obviously to the website, restoringleader.org. Um, there's all the information about retreats, the coaching journeys, the online stuff will be there. Um, it's a work in progress. We actually are getting a new website built. So there's new things coming up. And so there's some new stuff and there's some old stuff. Um, uh, but there's even a link for the book there. Um, if somebody wants the book, it's in Kindle as well as, as uh, print. Um, hopefully there'll be an audio one coming. Uh, or you can just email me at tom at restoringleaders.org. Um, and, uh, but even on the website, there is a place where you can schedule a call. Um, so if you need some help, we're even working on some church seminars. So if your staff needs to learn some of this kind of stuff and you want to change the culture, feel free to share it with your pastor and say, Hey, there's a brand new ministry. Uh, in fact, honestly, right now I'm looking for beta test churches that want to, that want to let me work with this process and, and show them, show them the material and, and, uh, and see where it goes. But, but, uh, yeah, those, those are the best places to go. Or you can go tombump.com is a general place. That's got my leadership coaching and everything I do is kind of, that's kind of the landing page for everything. So if you can remember my name, um, I mean, last name's bump. It's not that hard. I got welcome signs everywhere I go. They're big and yellow. Um, some of them even say bump ahead, which is even cooler. Um, so, nice. so if you can't remember restoring leaders.org, just remember the bump and you'll get it. <laughs> nice. Nice. And uh, big thanks to, to Tom. We're going to be giving away a couple of digital copies of, of yeah. your book as well. And so we'll provide more information uh, in the show notes about how to, uh, to access that that giveaway, but thanks Tom for uh, offering a couple copies to, to give away to our listeners. Hey, my pleasure. I just want to get it out there and help lots of people. So thanks Steve for making time and letting me be on here. It's a great podcast. I've always enjoyed listening to you. So uh, fun being on. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for being on day and thanks for all that you're doing uh, for the kingdom. I know, I know it's a lot. And I know even in the book, you, you get to the point where you're like, you know what, some people say I should probably kind of narrow my focus. And, and uh, you know, I enjoy doing all these different things for God. And, and I know it really is. It's a, it's a lot um, and, and bunch of different ways that you're serving other people serving God and, and the kingdom. And so uh, thanks for all that you're doing and may God bless your ministry. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And if you find yourself in a place where you are struggling in ministry, or maybe you want to be proactive and, and get ahead of it before you start struggling or before those potential struggles might come along, be sure to reach out to Tom, check out Restoring Leaders, and also check out his book, and for a chance to get a free copy of that book, head to the link in the show notes. Uh, and uh, we're going to choose three of winners to uh, get a free digital copy of that book. We're actually going to run this contest for a month. So we'll choose those winners on March 15th. And we'll actually announce them on the next episode of this podcast and on all of our social media platforms. So make sure you are tuned into all of those and following us. And uh, we'd be able to get the information out to you once you possibly win. Uh, but 
nonetheless, make sure you check out Tom's book, Valleys Over Mountains. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and that's G-Shades. You can find them at gshades.org. That's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G. And be sure to use the promo code TSM. P-O-D to receive 10% off your order when you order through gshades.org. Thanks so much to G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And thanks to all of you for being here for another episode. We'll be back next time with another conversation all about student ministry. But until then, may God bless your ministry.